Welcome to Saying the Quiet Part Out Loud, a podcast from LiveRamp that uncovers what's unsaid about technology, data, and business and explores how they intersect. I'm your host, Daniela Harkins, SVP of Commercial Strategy at LiveRamp. Hello, everyone. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Michelle Dooley, LiveRamp's Managing Director of Safe Haven Strategy, to discuss how she views the intersection of people, data, and technology, and how she's put data connectivity to work over her career. Michelle, welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm very excited you're here today. And I think your point of view and experience is so relevant to the topic today. Can you give the listeners some insight into your experience in data and technology? I think it'll be really good to ground the discussion. Sure. I've spent my career in data-driven marketing and I've really always been drawn to building businesses using data and technology to deliver relevant messages to the right people to drive maximum performance. It's really all centered around people for me. My degree is actually in psychology and I have this innate desire to know and understand people and how we work, how we make decisions that has led me to a career in data-driven marketing. I spent the last nine years of my career at Target, most recently leading their audience strategy and capabilities team that crossed both Target brand marketing and Roundel, Target's media business. And in order to deliver on the business growth goals, it was critical that we build a strong data foundation and tech stack to enable data connectivity. Michelle, it's exciting to have you here because I think about what you have done. You've always been on the forefront of data-driven strategies and developing stud strategies. When we think about growth and we think about delivering on business objectives today, we can't ignore what's happening and what we're all faced with. The reality is the speed of change that's due to this unprecedented pandemic has really exacerbated the challenges that marketers already faced. Can you talk to us about some of the trends that you see that were triggered by the pandemic and that potentially are here to stay, continuing to impact marketers? I think it starts with content consumption. Everything is truly always on. We're consuming and creating content all of the time. This idea of prime time is dead. And whether you're creating content for an app or whether you are consuming content on Disney Plus or Hulu or even just in your work life with your computer on, I think the content consumption is constant. And then consumer behavior is also changing at an unprecedented speed. So you think about how much changed overnight and how much we've adapted to a new reality, even using delivery service for things like grocery delivery that before it really felt like the store was the hub. With those two trends, I think the other one that I would say that really impacts marketers is this every media dollar has to be accountable. We really have to make sure that the media dollars that we're spending, we're spending in a smart way. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like you just described me when you talk about content consumption changes, the behavior changes, right? I think overnight, everybody, you know, I at least have my groceries delivered regularly and have used DoorDash more than I ever have in the past. So I feel like a lot of people listening are probably sitting there saying you just described a lot of my behavior because it just changed so dramatically overnight. To your point, it will continue, right? These We're not necessarily going to go back in time as soon as the pandemic's over. How do these trends reflect themselves from a marketer standpoint, like what challenges do they then bring when marketers are sitting there trying to figure out how they're going to drive growth in a time with a lot of uncertainty? 
you know, you think about the media dollars being more accountable and the pressure that we feel on budgets, we have to do more with less, but we still have to meet those consumer changing needs. So it's really important to be obsessed with the consumer in a way that helps you understand and have empathy for where they're coming from and how they may be interacting with your brand differently. They may not be coming into your store in the same way. They may be engaging with you online differently. They may be engaging through a third-party app. And how is that reflected in the way that you're trying to interact and connect with your consumers? Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. So when we think about these challenges, what do marketers have to focus on in order to ensure that they can drive growth? So you've said budgets are getting smaller. We're expected to do more with less. How do they do it? First, I would say making sure you have a solid foundation in data and your data strategy, having clear ideas on what technology you have and how to get the most out of your technology. And then I'm going to go back to this idea of everybody's needs are changing. And I think it's just goes back to agility. Are you able to be agile enough to be able to adapt based on all the new trends that you're seeing? Michelle, you talk about data strategy, and that's going to be foundational to a lot of the things that we're talking about today. Let's double click into that and tell me what data strategy means. Can you define that? Yeah, there's a couple of components with data strategy. I'm going to refer to a 2017 Harvard Business Review article titled, What's Your Data Strategy? That speaks to these two different, somewhat opposing, but also really important and complementary pieces of data strategy, one being an offensive data strategy and the other being a defensive data strategy. And within each of those, a defensive data strategy is much more about control, security, and creating a single source of truth that is your accurate kind of baseline. The offensive strategy is really focused on what is the translation of that single source of truth into multiple versions of the truth that support different business needs. So for example, finance needs to know when a bill needs to be paid. Marketing needs to know when the ad ran. So that multiple versions of the truth is very important in being able to meet the needs across your organization for the different teams and their different perspectives. That being said, companies need both. It's important to have alignment across your entire organization all the way up through your executives on how you're going to invest in creating a defensive strategy versus an offensive strategy so that you can understand the trade-offs that are being made to get the right information to the marketers to be able to do the work they need to do to drive revenue and profitability, et cetera. I think this really all relates to your first party data. So being able to understand your foundational data strategy helps you get your house in order so that you can go out and leverage that data and the decisions you make to meet your consumer needs. Michelle, can you define what first party data is? First party data is any data that you collect about your consumers. It could be anything from browse data, app downloads, app interactions, transaction data, customer profile data, et cetera. It's really about that data that you collect that helps you better understand your customers that's unique to you because you collected it. So if I'm right, then when we think about first-party data, a lot of times people oftentimes think about it as CRM or first-party PII data because somebody has walked into the store and bought something from you. But what you're really saying is it's a broader definition than that because it can be from what's happening on your website, whether you're known or anonymous. Yeah, I think it's your CRM data is kind of a, a key piece of that, but it's also beyond that into any of those digital signals that come in that's unique to your company. I think the conversation around first-party data is really interesting. And I'm curious to know your point of view. Do you think 
you need to have first party data when you start thinking about how to use data more broadly in your strategies. So how core is first party data as you think about data driven strategies more broadly? First and foremost, I would say first party data is the most valuable to you because it's the information you know about your customers that's unique to your business. Now, not everybody's going to have a lot or a wealth of first party data. One thing I would evangelize is the more first party data you can collect, the more valuable information you're going to have on your consumers. So kind of thinking about ways you can collect that first party data would be part of a data strategy. The second would be how are you augmenting that data? With second-party data partnerships or third-party data agreements where you may be licensing other data to better understand your consumers, to help you make decisions that can lead to more relevant messages to them and deepen their engagement with you. You've mentioned data partnerships, and I feel like this is a good time to talk about them and understand the importance of them. Data partnerships is a pretty broad concept. How do you think about them and why are they so important? I think we can start with a couple of questions. The first is really thinking about the problem you're trying to solve for your customer. So is it personalization? Are you trying to inspire them? Are you trying to break into a new market because you think there's an unfulfilled need for consumers? When you're thinking about that, the next question you can ask yourself is, what's the data or what are the partnerships that I can build to help fulfill on that brand promise to my customer? So really starting with who are those partners I would need to be able to really drive home that value to the consumer that I'm trying to drive with my business. The other thing I'd say is I think we're seeing a trend in data-rich companies that have a lot of first-party data and how they're making their data accessible. And so when you think about data partnerships, really thinking about where partnerships would be valuable to you, but then also who are the companies that might have that data and where can you build partnerships that are really strong and really strategic and serve both customers in a really powerful way. I think it really all starts with accessing data through secure privacy first data partnerships. There's lots of companies that are starting to open up their thinking and their ideas about how they can connect data with others. And I think that'll be a huge benefit to our industry, especially as we try and really break through the noise and deliver more relevant content to our consumers. So one of the things, Michelle, that you mentioned or that we were talking about before was around these different types of data partnerships. Ultimately, you have to be able to connect data. So talk to me about where data connectivity fits in and does that ultimately help you in delivering on that promise to delight a consumer? Absolutely. If you think about data partnerships as the partners that you take to help understand your consumer better, your customer better, current or future customer, then the data connectivity is about how you connect that data. And so it's more around the technology that you use to unlock the data and the access that you need. So from a data connectivity perspective, you could think about sets of data that you're bringing together, whether it's data in or data out. So data out could be about activation. How am I connecting with the ecosystem to be able to power a relevant message on Facebook or Pinterest or YouTube? Whereas data in may be about those data partnerships that enable you to have greater insight into your consumers to make smarter content, to make more relevant creative, but then also how do I measure the effectiveness? How do I optimize to maximize the value of the dollar that you're investing in marketing to consumers? 
it's so interesting, the power behind being able to connect all this data. You know, Michelle, we've talked about data strategies and the power of first-party data and these data partnerships and ultimately how technology and data connectivity can empower that. Let's bring it all together because ultimately it's about driving business outcomes. Can you talk for a minute about the types of outcomes that this can power for brands? I think it all goes back to the consumer and really trying to understand how your brand is engaging with your customers. I said it earlier, but this concept of your existing customers or your future customers, I used to talk about it this way at Target. Target is so broad and so applicable across so many different groups in the U.S. Where do you think these customers are and who's your current versus your future? How do you make sure you're resonating with different groups? And I think if you can imagine a world where every interaction you have as a consumer, every interaction you have is relevant. So if you're shopping them today or you're not shopping them today, based on what your needs might be, do you need home delivery right now because you're busy and you're working? Or do you want to be able to get out and have that one trip to the store or whatever it might be? When we think about the outcomes it can deliver for your business, how are you taking those marketing dollars and driving the most effective messages to deliver the highest return for your brand? So where are you really activating marketing that's cutting through that clutter? At at the beginning, we talked about how content is everywhere and it's always on. And so what are you doing that's differentiated in a way that's going to resonate with the consumer, I think is really critical to being able to deliver that outcome. And we're not there today in terms of delivering everything in the most relevant way, but we're making a lot of good progress. And I really think it's these data partnerships And the technology that powers this data connectivity, that's really going to be important in helping us build these strategies that deliver meaningful interactions with consumers. I mean, it makes total sense, right? And if you think about it, a heightened consumer experience is ultimately then going to drive the business growth and objectives for marketers. So yeah, wonderful. Michelle, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts today. As I think about this, and replaying what we've talked about today, you know, doubling down on data strategy, maximizing your first party data, extending those data partnerships, being creative and getting innovative with those data partnerships and ultimately connecting all of that so that you can delight your consumers and drive growth is really what it's all about. Thank you very much for joining us. I really enjoyed the conversation and thank you to everybody else that's listening today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. This podcast was brought to you by LiveRamp. You can find us online at LiveRamp.com and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn at LiveRamp. Subscribe to Saying the Quiet Part Out Loud on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you listen to podcasts.